This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 23 and we're dealing with the festivals or the feast that God instituted with the uh, children of Israel right after they received the Ten Commandments. Now, most of these feasts are dealt with in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Leviticus 23 deals with them in pretty great detail, but they are feasts or festivals that are to celebrate the work of God and what God has done. And they're important for, for Jewish history because when those feasts are celebrated, and each one of them is a week-long feast or almost a week-long feast, when they are celebrated, they they continually teach the young people of Israel how that how they got to where they are, how they became who they are, and God, they teach them about who God is and how God has worked in their lives and prepares them for God working in their lives down the road. And in verse 15, he says that they're to celebrate, and he gives them three feasts to celebrate, three festivals. The first one is to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days, you're to eat bread made without yeast, as I commanded you. Notice, this is not a, this is not a, something that they, they would be unfamiliar with. In fact, They'd be very familiar with this. In fact, they'd be really familiar with this because the same people that he's given this instruction to are the people that just came out of Egypt. Not too many months before this, they came out of Egypt. They've received the Ten Commandments, but God is hes teaching them that this is not just going to be a one-time event where you eat unleavened bread for seven days as you leave Egypt, as you prepare and then you exit stage from Egypt. When you when that happens, you are to remember this on a regular basis. Now, this brings up the whole idea of standing stones, points of remembrance, and they are important because when God has done something powerful in your life, you re- need to remember those moments. You need to set aside those moments as a time to remember what God has done for you. And you go, why do you need to do that? Because down the road, there's going to be other times when God's going to do things for you or want to do things for you based off of your faith. And uh, you say, does God need my faith to do something? No, but God wants to teach you how to walk by faith. And there are situations in your life in which God is not going to move until you trust him with those situations and building in you opportunities to act in faith, maybe smaller ones than the ones you're facing today, or maybe even bigger ones that other people and you walked in faith in before, those opportunities to walk in faith in small ways build into opportunities to walk in faith in big ways in your own personal life. 
And those walks of faith are the things that make you mature. Uh, we'll be dealing in Romans chapter 5 this week on Friday nights as we study through the book of Romans. And, and that whole chapter has to do with learning to trust God and to walk by faith and the qualities and, the, and how God has made it possible that you could be justified so that you will walk by faith. And, and so God is always regularly teaching us to do that. And so in this feast, he is saying, okay, we're going to remember the biggest thing that's ever happened in your nation, the biggest thing that's ever happened to your people, and that is being delivered out of Egypt, even though you were slaves in Egypt, without their war taking place, without you rebelling and destroying the Egyptian society, although this Egyptian society destroyed itself under the leadership of Pharaoh, without you doing anything, God delivered you out of Egypt. And you need to remember that because down the road, I'm going to be acting in faith on your, I'm going to be acting on your behalf and I'm going to be putting you in positions where you need to trust me. And you corporately as a nation have experienced this. Now you as individuals, and y'all want you to notice, he says here that do this at the appointed time in the month of Aviv, for in that month you came out of Egypt. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Notice he is moving from the corporate to the individual there. He's saying you're to do this corporately as a nation, but you're also to do this individually. Each person has their own offering to bring to me. Notice going from corporate to individual. And you're going to see that in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, when a God uh, uh, orders sacrifice, there's a corporate sacrifice where God in the Day of Atonement presents the spotless lamb. There's a spotless lamb that is sacrificed and placed on the altar for the whole nation. And there's a morning sacrifice. The daily sacrifice had a morning offering and an evening offering. Those were for the whole nation. But during the middle of the day, people would bring their personal offerings to God. So the corporate work of God for his people funnels down to the individual and their walk with God. And so there has to be days of remembrance. He said, for seven days, eat bread made without yeast. And that is a form of fast. It's a fasting from yeast, and yeast is always a picture of sin. And so it works its way through the whole dough. Whenever you put a little yeast in, it it it'll just is just enough, as my grandfather said, a little dab will do you. There, there's just a little, all you need is just a little bit of yeast, and it works its way through the whole dough. And so God says, I, I don't want you to, I don't want you to eat bread that has any yeast in it. And you're to do it at the time in which you came out of Egypt. That's the whole point of a standing stone. That's the whole point of celebrating a holiday. And by the way, I don't know if you know it or not, but so many people say we need to take Christ out of the holidays. We need to remove religion from our holidays. And as they're saying that, as they're using that word, holiday comes from holy day. It is it, it, these days that were celebrated in our historic past in Western culture. Most of them have some connection to, they have a connection to the word of God and the Bible. The celebration of Easter, celebration of Christmas, you just start going through and many of our holidays that we have received down through the years have, have that connection 
to something scriptural. And then as each country exists and experiences things, obviously you're going to have celebrations that have to do with that individual nation and the things that's happened in that nation. But it doesn't remove the fact that holidays are are a they're just a little bit of a change from holy days, which were the celebrations that we see in in Exodus chapter 23. He's instituting what we would call holidays, holy days. And when they celebrate that, they're to do it for seven days. It's a whole week. Notice they're coming to they're coming, they're coming to Jerusalem and celebrating it. If they're not coming to Jerusalem, if they're staying where they are, they're still to celebrate this. And so this is not one of the festivals where it's absolutely necessary to come to Jerusalem in order to really experience it. It can be experienced anywhere, any place, at any time. And so they're to eat that unleavened bread. They're to go through. Later on, there'll be the Seder that uh, happens on the last day of the feast and the recognition of God giving them the the Passover lamb the, that he passed over their sin and placed the sin of the nation on on those lambs, on those spotless lambs, which they had watched for seven days prior to the feast. All these are pictures of Jesus, all of them, every one of them. And we've already been through them because we're in the book of Exodus and we've been studying through these things. This is the one feast or one festival that that would be natural that he would institute in this book because all the happenings that took place in order to bring about this festival have already been written in this book. It is a culmination of God saying, I have fully delivered you out of Egypt. And now it's time for you to celebrate this regularly. Now, I want to go to that end, end uh, sentence in the verse where it says, no one is to pe- appear for me before me empty-handed. What that means is, <clears throat> If we're going to celebrate this festival, if we're going to celebrate this work of God where he where He has uh, made you holy, he's uh, opened the door for you to be delivered out of bondage, out of the slavery of the world. If you're going to do that, you need to show up. And not only do you need to show up, meaning to appear. I love the word appear. That's, a, that's used in the legal system a lot. In fact, if you don't show up when the court orders you to show up, you get a writ of arrest, which is called a failure to appear. He he says here that you're to appear. So apparently, as far as this festival or, or this feast is concerned, they had an order, a divine order for a, a long-term basis, meaning every year at the time of the month of Aviv, you're to appear. You have an order by the court to appear before the court, the courtroom of heaven, the the throne room of God, you have a you have an order to appear, and you're to appear with an offering. Now, the cool thing about this is they were to appear with an offering and not empty-handed back then. Today, you have an order from the court to appear before him, not once a year, but every Sunday, and you're to bring something. And you say, I, I don't have anything to bring. I'm not talking about money. You're to bring yourself. You are the offering every Sunday. You're the, you're, do you not know your body is a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God? And it is your reasonable act of service to show up. That's what he, that's what, that's what the New Testament teaches us that we're to not, not forsake the assembling of the saints. We're to meet together and regularly come together and meet with him. And we're to bring something 
as a sacrifice. Now, obviously, we give offerings and tithes to the church, but the main thing we're to bring is ourselves. And when we show up, we recognize, in fact, we glorify the work of God in our lives. We glorify the finished work of uh, Jesus Christ on the cross. We glorify his anointing and his power, which he's placed in us by his spirit. By the way, these next few feasts are going to more poignantly point to those things. But, But we're to show up and allow God, allow God the opportunity to receive us as a sacrifice and to give us his new life, his eternal life, and that we're to leave there being bearers or carriers of the power and the presence and the life of God. And that happens every Sunday. And you're under a continual order. You're under commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments or you'll keep my commissionings. That word means it's less a commandment and as, as in a master-slave relationship, and it's more of a kingdom word, which means that you are commissioned in the service of God, You're, you are an officer in the kingdom of God, and you have a duty or responsibility to follow the commands or the orders of your superior in that kingdom, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. And he said, if you love me and you do it, not out of blind obedience, but we do it out of a relational love we have with Jesus Christ, we show up and we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. We come to the operational order meeting. We come to the strategic meetings of the kingdom each week by meeting together. And uh, you go, well, I can't come every Sunday. I know you can't. But when you can, you're under orders to be there. And when, when it's possible, not when it's, not when it's comfortable, not when it's convenient, but when it is possible for you to be there, you need to be there. And you need to pe- appear with something to offer. And you always have something to offer. And what you always have something to offer is your own life. And this festival of unleavened bread is a celebration of the deliverance of God out of Egypt, the deliverance of God out of bondage and slavery in the world. And we're to show up and celebrate that deliverance, which is culminated in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. We're to celebrate that every Sunday morning. And we're to meet together to encourage one another and to give each other spiritual gifts so that we might do and become more and more each and every day and each and every week and each and every year. And so he says, each year, come and celebrate this festival because you need to remember what I've done for you. I say to you, God says, we're to come and celebrate every Sunday what God has done for us. And so that's coming up. There's a lot of things going on in the kingdom of God. The question is, are you recognizing them? Are you celebrating them? Are you involving yourself in them? If you are, praise God, because the doors are wide open for his kingdom and his purposes to be made known and to be manifest through you. If you're not, why aren't you? You're under orders, dude. Come on now. You need to show up. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope 
and peace today in Jesus' name.